Uh, yeah, next week, last week I went off schedule and did something else, so um, I should have done 10 two weeks ago, um, or I think, but uh, we'll get to it tonight, uh, finally. Um, hmm, that's odd. Uh, so, um, I've been told a lot lately, uh, various times and various reasons. I know, I bumped it, I bumped it. That wasn't static. Um, that, uh, that, that I'm trying to explain things and I get confusing. Um, I'm, I'm, I confuse the matter more than I answer the matter. So if you find me doing that in your mind, don't think you're odd. I'm odd. I'm, I'm the one messing up. So please say, wait a minute, you're not making sense. And that would be fine because um, the last thing I want to do is increase your confusion. Um, what I have realized in the different things I have been reading, that a lot of interpreters of Revelation like to say, well, this must be symbolic. And they always say that when they don't know either, <laughs> all right? Um, and, and instead of just going, we don't know what this is, and, you know, these are some guesses, they, uh, I, I was trying to explain last week how you have to have a filter and realize people have presuppositions. And so many times our presuppositions will say, well, uh, like the two witnesses that we find in this chapter, I believe, or chapter 11, um, that the two is a sign of, uh, is always the number of strength. And so this is the strength of the witness. Show me in the Bible where it says two is the number of strength. And I use these numbers too, but some people use the numerology. I'm not saying that that may not be true, but what I'm saying is it gets confusing, and that's why there's so many different opinions, is because you hear different people use things like that in different ways, and it becomes confusing. And so what did he write is, is the more simple way to do it. So I'm going to try to go through verse 10, verse by verse. That will help me, because... Um, when I start talking about ideas and thoughts, my ADD brain kicks in, and, the, and it looks like a walk in, in uh, Gypsy Hill Park when the acorns are on the ground and squirrels are running in every direction, all right? So uh, that, it's a bad thing, and so I'm saying one thing, and then, oh, I gotta explain that, explain this, and I go there, and I say, oh, but for them to understand that, I mean, tell them this, and I go there, and then I have to find my you know, breadcrumb trail back to what I was trying to say, and then y'all are just lost, because. None of it makes sense by the time I get done. So I, I apologize for that, um, and please always just go, that didn't make any sense. Can you say that again better? And that, that is fine. Um, so please help me do that. So let's pray, and maybe God will um, show grace, and I won't be as bad tonight. Uh, Lord, we, uh, we indeed thank you. Your book is not confusing. It's a book of answers, not a book of questions. And so help us to, to see that clearly. Lord, I cannot understand your word. None of us can, apart from help by the Holy Spirit. Um, you, he is, you are the author, Holy Spirit, and so only you can uh, teach it to us and explain it to us. So I just pray for that kind of wisdom, that kind of understanding. Um, Lord, don't let me say something that's not so just because I think it's so. Help me not to take away from something that, that is so just because it, I think it ought to be different. Help us to see what you say, just accept what you say, and, uh, and find uh, application to our life. In Jesus' name, amen. 
And doing some reading ahead, I will say this about to come, um, that chapter 12 of Revelation does mark a beginning of, a, of the more intense time of tribulation. This all seems to be a buildup up to chapter 12 in some sense of it, where a lot of movements happen, a lot of bad things are happening. Um, and, and the other part is, and I meant to run get my little chalk things, but uh, another thing is, remember the way I see it, so you just understand where I'm coming from, that out of the seven seals, trumpets, and bowls, I believe all the sevens happen at the same time. I believe all the sevens, just to make it as clear as I can, is the end of the world. That's the end of what we call the end of the world. That's the day Jesus comes back, everything gets shook up, he takes over, and we go on from there. One of the problems, and, and y'all have asked that question um, as well, and it's, and it's a great question, um, and, and really, <laughs> this is one of those rabbit trails, let me just stop. Every time I've gone through the book of Revelation, I see something different, which doesn't shock anybody. All right, so one of the things I'm seeing this time as I go through that I, I never kind of caught on to is what, I, what I've been saying about there's a statement made, and then he backs up and kind of tells the story. And in, I've been, by the way, uh, I found a new book last week, and it's the Old Testament in Revelation. And this guy is, he, he believes in the pre-tribulational rapture, but it's a great book. Um, where he shows how John, who understood the Old Testament better than you and I, used the Old Testament in some of what he wrote. So that's a good book. Michael S. Heiser, he just two weeks ago, three weeks ago, uh, went, went to heaven. He had cancer. He was a professor at Liberty at one point. Um, Michael S. Heiser, he wrote a book called um, Supernatural, uh, which is uh, uh, looking at the scripture from a supernatural point of view. Um, Great, his PhD was in rabbinical Hebrew teaching. So that's how smart that dude was. Um, but now he's seeing God, uh, the Lord face to face. So I uh, thank God for his life. But I, I didn't know he had that book. I just looked up his name and saw that book. So I thought I'd get it to help me out. And uh, I got to read it, you know, three times to even start to understand what he's saying. A little bit, not really, but um, it's good. So. So anyway, so I've been reading as many books as I could find, and, and this one was on my shelf, and I picked it up and read it. And in here, he said what I just said, and he said, um, I just read it this week where he said it, that it's, it's like a newspaper report saying, um, you know, man shot at the 7-Eleven on the corner of 5th and Main. And then he tells you the story. And Revelation sort of is written that way in some ways. And so... On a lot of those sevens, now has come the kingdom of our Lord and King. So you expect, well, all that stuff's happening now. Well, no, he just told you what's about to unfold in X amount of time. And then he backs up and starts showing how it's going. And that's helped me a lot when reading it. I go, okay, he told us what's about to happen. Now he's going to tell us how it, how it unfolds. So... I'm not saying that's always true, but it is a way to look at it and say, is that, is that what is going on? So we're in chapter 10, and uh, I believe, if not, we'll go to 11. But um, what's going to happen is we see these, I, I feel confused. I'm just going to stop myself because 
I gave you chapter 11 tonight for next week. And I would have done 12 to give you if I'd have done 11, but I never did 11. So am I supposed to do 11 and should I've written up 12s? Anybody remember me doing 10? Okay, I, because I'm studying ahead and I come back and, and, okay. So just by what's in my folder, I believe this is where I'm supposed to be. That mean, yeah. That was the night you were confused because I was confusing. All right, so I get it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I just want to be real honest with you guys. You know, I mean, sermons you prepare, it's a very small text, and it's usually pretty plain and understood, and you're looking for, like, one big thing. And Revelation, we're trying to cover angels and beasts and pits and keys and trumpets, and it's a lot. So let, let's look at uh, chapter 10. Um, then I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven, wrapped in a cloud with a rainbow over his head, and his face was like the sun, and his legs like pillars of fire. He had a little scroll open in his hand, and he set his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land, and called out with a loud voice like a lion roaring when he called out. The seven thunders sounded, and when the seven thunders had sounded, I was about to write, but I heard a voice from heaven saying, Seal up what the seven thunders have said, and do not write them down. And the angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land raised his right hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and what, it, and what is in it, the earth and what is in it, and the sea and what is in it, that there would be no more delay, but that the days of the trumpet shall be sounded by the seventh angel, the mystery of God would be fulfilled just as he announced to his servants, the prophets. Now that was eight, uh, eight verses full, seven verses full. Is that eight or nine? Is that eight? seven verses full? That's yeah. I'm looking at the number eight down there. Um, so a lot of people want to identify this angel, and there are people that say this is the Lord Jesus Christ. There are people that say no, it's not. There are similarities to Christ. Um, and it, it would not be, I, I would just say this in general, why it doesn't have to be Christ, is that it would be no, it would not be a stretch of the imagination that a mighty angel that he would have created to make an announcement would not have some appearance or attributes of things that let you know he was a messenger from God. Sort of like a, a, a policeman with a badge. That badge identifies him as I have authority. I may not be the authority, but I have the authority to enforce what the authority said to enforce. So for me, that's a a minor fact. For me, the major fact that it's not Christ, but a mighty angel making an announcement is that he raises his hand and swears by the one in heaven. I don't think Jesus would have to do that. He is the authority. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So he doesn't have to swear by another. So for me, that just kind of knocks the other out of the park. But I just want you to know that some people believe it is Christ making this announcement. Um, Again, I leave a lot of this for you to decide. And uh, next week, I'm going to come in and say, what are your questions about chapter 11? I'm just going to go ahead and warn you ahead of time so you can do that. So let us see what he, we get all caught up in how he looks. And again, I I think this is some of the addressing to let us know that this is an angel from heaven with authority. Um, he, uh, there are similarities to the appearance of Christ in chapter 1, 
uh, the rainbow, the, is the, the, the brightness, the pillars of fire. And he has a little scroll in his hand, and he puts one foot on, uh, on the land, another on the sea, and crying out like a lion roaring. Again, that would be reminiscent of Christ, that he is a lion roaring, right? But he says, he called out with a loud voice, like a lion roaring. Just, a lot of times we forget that it doesn't say it was a lion roaring. When, when Jesus speaks, it's the lamb roaring. It's the lamb and the lion in Christ, right? This is, it sounds like a lion roaring. Anybody ever heard a lion roar? That'll make you shiver, okay? Um, used to be one uh, in the zoo in Charleston when I was a little kid, and people lived downtown, and every once in a while I'd hear him roar. Um, poor old lion, man. That, that was a sorry life he had to live. Anyway, that was a, that was a squirrel. Yes, ma'am. I like that, yeah. I should have thought of that because I wear a lion ring just to remind me of that. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. Yeah, good point, and I, I do appreciate it. Um, and if you got something to add, please always uh, do so. So there's a lot of things that people try to answer, and, and if, we, if we try to answer everything, we, would, we wouldn't get it. So I have, I have a... Um, let, let me say what one of those are before I ask a, a question that, that we can answer from the text. One of the questions people ask, who is the angel? It's an angel. I don't know. Um, the other question people ask is, what was in the scroll? It didn't tell us, so I don't know why we're trying to guess at it, right? That, that's kind of my, usually my thought. If he doesn't tell us, he just wants you to know it was a scroll and he ate it, um, but I do believe there is a, a, a hint. Um, this has a, a reference back to Ecclesiastes. I mean, Ezekiel, not Ecclesiastes, Ezekiel. I even was reading from that text this morning that he ate a scroll, and it was in his mouth like honey. This scroll is given to John, and, and uh, sorry, let me find that uh, reference, make sure I'm saying this right. No, it doesn't. It doesn't say that David wrote it. I mean, John ate it, does it? Verse ten. Okay, I, I stopped reading. Okay, there we go. So, all right. Well, I, I just want to go to verse seven for for the moment. Then we'll come to that in a second. Um, I, I wrote a lot of questions, but like I said, I just want to go through verse by verse here. So he notice what he declares, and he is he raises his right hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever and ever. Who created heaven and what is in it, the earth and what is in it, and the sea and what is in it. By the way, unless he's swearing by himself and it is Jesus, I want you to be real clear about the Trinity and their separate roles in self-assigned separate roles within the Trinity. Okay? When I've had so many people in my life of ministry, and even before I was in this full time, say, can you explain the Trinity? And my answer is very simple. No. Nobody can. There is no man on earth can explain the Trinity. He is God. When we are in heaven, we will not be able to explain God. He is that much separated from us. 
Um, we will know a lot more than we know now. But God is the authoritative giver. In other words, he said, yeah, this is how we're going to do it. The Holy Spirit is the one um, who, who is the finisher. He makes sure the work is done. But Jesus is the one who did the work. In the book of Colossians, if you read it super carefully, in chapter 1, and you go back and you study it, it says he thought of it, he did it, and he's going to complete it. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning, the end. There's nothing that happens in heaven and earth or in our life that he didn't author and finish. Okay, that is the role of Jesus. But he does that. He, did, he came, think about this. He came to earth and everything he did, he did by the power of the Holy Spirit. It, the way Colossians read, I'm backing up to re-say this again so you don't get confused. The way Colossians read is like, and I'm, I'm going to speak of the Trinity as if it's three men standing there. It's not, it's God. So this isn't how it happened. But for us to understand it, it's as if Jesus said, back in eternity past, hey, I got a great idea. Let's create a universe, stars, planets, all of that. But we'll only put, we'll put a one planet, we'll put a bunch of creatures on there, we'll put plants on there, and then we'll have a supreme being for that planet. There's going to be less than some angels we'll create, but it'll be more than the animals, and we'll call them man. But here's what's going to happen. We're going to tell them who we are. We're going to expose ourselves to them. And the first thing, the only thing he's ever going to do is rebel against us and hate us. And all men born after him are going to be in rebellion against God. And somebody's going to have to go save them because we're going to make a rule that the soul that sends it shall die. But I'll go and I'll become one of them and I'll die in their place. And the, and the Father and the Holy Spirit said, sounds like a good idea, let's do it. That's a, minor, that's a horrible explanation of a reality. Jesus thought of it, he implemented it, and he finished it. But he did it all by the power of the Holy Spirit. How was he conceived in Mary? The Holy Spirit shall come upon you. The, uh, he was protected by the Holy Spirit as, with his parents and in, in his life when they wanted to kill him. Hebrews says, he, by the Spirit, he, gave, he offered his life on the cross. Romans 8 says, by the Spirit, he was raised from the dead. So he always depended on the Spirit to do the work. All the miraculous works he did, he did. He says, I only do what the Father tells me to do. I only say what the Father tells me to say, the authority of the Father. But the power of the Holy Spirit, because John 3 said, he, the Spirit was given to him without any holding back because he was sinless, God the Holy Spirit could work through his, his life to do what needed to be done. You and I are born sinners. He was born not a sinner because his father was not a man, his father was God. A lot of theology in there take, you know, you have to take like, spend a lot of money and get a lot of classwork to, to hear that. But I told it to you for free. All right, so that's a summation of it. I, I know it might sound, uh, it may sound, oh yeah, of course, or it may sound like, what to you? Uh, I don't know, um, but, but that's kind of what's happening. And so when it says, he swore by the one uh, who does not die, who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and earth and what is in it, the earth 
and the sea. And what is it? He's talking about Jesus. So the angel is raising his hand to Jesus because Colossians 1, he's the one did it all. You see, you see my point? Now, again, sometimes we read stuff generally and we get a general idea. And some of the commentators I read, I would have thought they studied it harder. But it sounds like they read it and went, well, that sounds like this to me, and wrote it down instead of actually investigating it. Um, and I, I say that with all humility because I'm not as smart, half as smart as any of these guys who wrote books about it. But I just tell you what I think because they're just telling you what they think. Um, and, and we just ask God to help us with it. So notice what he says here, and here's the question you can answer. But in that... Uh, well, I, I want to point out, because last week I, I dropped that bomb that I don't believe the rapture happens till after the tribulation and that the seventh trumpet is the last trumpet when the rapture happens. Look at verse 7. But this, that in the days of the trumpet call to be sounded by the seventh angel, the mystery of God will be fulfilled. So the seventh trumpet is the end of the world. Okay, No matter if it's the rapture or not, it is the end of the world. The um, just as he announced to the servants, the prophets. But look up at verse 3. And he called out with a loud voice like a lion roaring. And when he called out, the seven thunders sounded. Seven seals, seven bulls, seven trumpets in the middle, and seven thunders. Now, I have been making a mistake because I didn't read carefully enough. I've been saying, we don't know what those seven thunders were. But in this chapter, he tells you. I was about to write. Why was he about to write? Because John was told way back there in, in chapter 4, what you see, write it down. So in obedience to that, he heard the thunders, he started to write. But a voice from heaven saying, Seal up the seven thunders, what the thunders have said, and do not write it down. And so this, it goes on and says what all this angel says, but now go down to verse 8. Then the voice that I heard from heaven spoke to me again, saying, now don't you think that's the Lord speaking to John again? Right, the voice from heaven is not going to be the angel. Go, take the scroll that is open in the hand of the angel who is standing on the sea and on the land. So I went to the angel, I told him to give me the little scroll, and he said to me, Take and eat it, it will make your stomach bitter, but in your mouth it will be sweet as honey. And there's that sweet as honey in the mouth comparison to Ezekiel. And I took the little scroll from the hand of the angel and I ate it, and it was sweet as honey in my mouth, but when I had eaten it in my stomach was made bitter. Verse 11, and I was told, and here's the answer to what the seven, trumpet, uh, the seven thunders are all about. And I was told... You must again prophesy about many peoples and nations and languages and kings. So it is an ongoing prophetic word that, as I said, begins in chapter 12, verse 1 is where that begins. But I want you to see something else uh, in here. I've I got to find the actual verse. And that is in verse 6. He swore by Christ, the one who created, 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 that there would be no more delay. It doesn't matter what the trumpet, what the thunder said. 
we ain't got time. Judgment's coming. Because how many trumpets are, how many, uh, trumpets are left? Just one. The, the seventh one is coming in chapter 11. So the, whatever those thunders were was a pronouncement of judgment, but he said, it's coming. No need to write it. There's no more warning. I've given them enough warning. Now, do you find it odd that the people are being warned in the tribulation? Why would he be warning people in the tribulation? There's no more delay. It's going to be fulfilled just as he announced to his servants, the prophets. He's saying, this, you knew this stuff. You know this stuff. You should have been obeying it. There, there is a, this is a, a like, you know, you, you've passed your last chance. And it's going to get real ugly beginning in chapter 12, um, but we still have some stuff in chapter 11 to look at. So y'all been here since 4 o'clock. God bless you, most of you. Um, and it's about quarter till. Now, I'm just going to leave it there. Um, and I, I gave you some questions. Do you have questions for me? Um, and they can be about anything, where I get my hair cut, what did I have for supper last night, I don't care. But, uh, or, but specifically about Revelation, because if you ask one, I probably can't answer it, but I'll write it down and try to find out for you. Uh, good question. I'll write that one down. Um, I, I don't know, I, I'm not sure, and again, I have read some comments about it. Um, and uh, I, I, will, I will give a, one of these commentator type answers, because God's word is sweet. Man, that sounds so good. But when he implements judgment, it ain't so good. And so it, it's sort of a, um, it's the double-edged sword of, of the word of God. That it's wonderful if you are obeying it. It's horrible if you're being judged by it. That, that would be my guess, but it is a guess. That's what your Bible says? Good, all right. My, uh, I, I, had a, I had a professor in college, and uh, we would ask him, hey, is this test gonna be hard? He said, if you studied, it's, it's awfully simple. If you didn't study, it's simply awful. So um, I think God's, you know, God's word is called a double-edged sword, and, and uh, sharper than, in fact and uh, cuts both ways, but yeah, it's sweet to talk and hear and rejoice. It, 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 I'll give you a parallel scripture in, again in Ezekiel. I've, I have to look it up. I think it's chapter 30 in the last three verses. It may be chapter 33 in the last three verses um, because it's a lot of threes in the, in, the, in the reference, and I always can't remember. I ought to bring a Bible. I don't have to be so careful to turn in the pages. Yeah, it's chapter 30. No, I take that back. It is chapter 33. My pages stuck together. There we go. Yes, uh, 33... 30 through 33, that's, that's why I get confused. As for you, son of man, your people who talk together about you by the walls and at the doors of the houses, say to one another, each to his brother, come and hear what the word is that comes from the Lord. 
and they come to you as people come, and they sit before you as my people, and they hear what you say, but they will not do it. For with lustful talk in their mouths, they act, their heart is set on their gain, and behold, you are to them like one who sings lustful songs with a beautiful voice and plays well on an instrument, for they hear what you say, but they will not do it. You know people like that, that just run to hear this preacher, that preacher, oh, it's so wonderful, so wonderful, so wonderful. But they don't do it. And then he says, when this comes, and come it will, then will they know that a prophet has been among them. And so I, I think that double action of the, of the scroll in, or the book here in, in 10 is like that. Oh, it's beautiful, that's wonderful. Oh, the Lord's gonna reign, yeah, after he brings judgment on the world, and it's, it's two-edged. But we're not told what's in it unless it's the opening in chapter 12 and the, the judgments to come. Uh, still, because cause after these uh, trumpets are done, there's still some bowls to look at. Okay, so um, it's the last trumpet, but that's why I think the sevens line up, and we'll, we'll, we'll look at that. And if you want to have a fun little Bible study for yourself, Look at what, you know, go write on a piece of paper. What happened at the seventh seal? What happened at the seventh trumpet? What happens at the seventh bowl? And then look at that and go, does that look similar or like three different events? You know, because about a third people die in each event. Well, that means there's none left. And I just say that, that may not be actually what's there, but it seems that way. All right, well, I will stop and let you go 10 minutes early. That's not a great...